I Love the View, Episode 12. Mr. Reagan. No one can win the Democratic nomination without the support of the African-American community. And I think that Mayor Bloomberg's policies on stop and frisk and redlining have been abysmal. But he still enjoys some Mm -hmm. uh, support in the African-American community. What do you say to that? Look, I am not a person of color. I have not lived that. I have not been thrown across the hood of a car in my own neighborhood. Wait, what? Ladies and gentlemen, Elizabeth Warren finally admits she's not a person of color. What's going on here? Wait, I, I don't understand. I thought she was one one billionth Native American. You know, I'm confused. I don't know what to believe. I, I just don't know if I can trust Elizabeth Warren ever again. <laughs> now, I know what you're thinking. Is this show called I Hate the View? Is this show called I Love the View? I mean, obviously, I hate the view. But I'll tell you what I love about it. I love that it illustrates the absurdity of the left so clearly, right? It gives us a a sort of a window into the mind of the lunacy of left-wing political thought. So I, I think that's a good thing. But anyway, let's get on to this particular episode. So last month, Matt Gates and... Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez both went on the show, and I thought this would be a great chance to show the difference between how the View hosts treat a conservative and how they treat a crazy far-left progressive. And I thought, who is the candidate? Who is the candidate? And I, I really think at this point in time that when push comes to shove, people are going to vote for Biden because... These other people all have problems. He has problems too, but we know him. We like him. He's rock solid morally and ethically. And I think that at the end of the day, when it's time to pull that lever, it's going to be Uncle Joe. That's what I'm saying right now. Really? Yes. Biden is rock solid morally and ethically. (laughs) What? What have you been smoking, Joy Behar? I mean, I know that she likes to delude herself by believing everything bad about Trump she ever hears on MSNBC ever, but to stick your head in the sand about Biden, also, that's just laughable. If you haven't seen my two videos about Biden's corruption, please go watch those. I suggest the video entitled, Joe Biden Should Be Afraid of This Video, because it's not just about Ukraine, it's about his entire history of corruption, which is vast. But the Ukraine video is also excellent. But look, I'm going to give Behar credit for this. She did predict Biden to come through, which at the time this episode came out in late February, everybody else had given up on the guy. So well done, Behar. Your delusional blind loyalty to the establishment left paid off for this prediction. Florida Congressman Matt Gates has been one of the guys in the White House and one of the White House's strongest and most vocal supporters since day one. Please welcome a man who has obviously never watched The View, Congressman <laughs> Matt Gates. Hello, how do you Thank you for having me. Thank you. you. I do watch. You guys make news every week. Every day. We are the big political show. I was just wondering if you were wearing black as a consequence of, like, the death of the political left in the debate last night. It was quite something to observe. Uh, You know, don't count the the dead yet. The bodies. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering if you were wearing black to mourn the death of the political left. (laughs) I love Matt Gaetz, right out of the gate. I love Behar's reaction to this, too. Clear, 
annoyance. I was just wondering if you were wearing black as a consequence of like the death of the political left in the debate last night. It was quite something to observe. If she were a rational, professional TV show host, she would have laughed. I mean, even if you hate Republicans, that was a, a clever, funny remark. Come on, Behar, you're supposed to be a comedian. Lighten up. But you know what? Maybe she's annoyed because Matt Gates is funnier than she is, and she's supposed to be the professional comedian. Now, the president has been on a, a, a pardon spree, and many think he's about to pardon Roger Stone, his longtime friend and, and one-time campaign advisor, um, who's being sentenced, I think, any minute now. They're in a break for uh, crimes of obstructing justice, witness tampering, lying to Congress. Do you think Trump should pardon Roger Stone? I do. And I think that oh, it requires on, a review of the pardon power. Come on. Come on. Barack He's Obama pardoned over 1,700 people. Bill Clinton pardoned 459 people. Bill Clinton pardoned 16 people who were a member of a Puerto Rican terrorist organization that planned murders at the Bronx Tavern here in the United States of America. Perhaps look, that wasn't the right thing to dis- do. When we designed our Constitution, there were vestiges of the British monarchy that America still had some reverence for and one was the notion that the executive that the sovereign could extend unlimited grace Did you just for say any the reason oh or no reason but at all so uh, yeah, that was king? an element of the British I misunderstood was borrowed no, no, I understand. Okay. I understand. Like what, what I was Trump getting is at is can we agree <laughs> that perhaps that pardon power needs to be reviewed and curbed so great question in Federalist 74 Alexander Hamilton writes that the reason we have the pardon power is to serve as a check on a criminal justice system, which, if allowed to run wild, could create a great sense of sanguinity in mm-hmm. our country. And so I think that if you look at the original intent of the pardon power, right. it cannot be limited. And again, but Trump has pardoned 26 his... people, Obama pardoned over 1,700, so, Bill Clinton pardoned so, 459. So, so did you, okay. the answer to the question is what? I would, I would agree that you Roger Stone that... should be pardoned okay. if for no other reason okay. that there's been a double standard in this country where people like mm-hmm. Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, Andrew so McCabe, Clapper, Take note of how often Matt Gates is interrupted here, and then watch how often AOC is interrupted during her interview. It's honestly kind of crazy how disrespectful these ladies are. But I, I love what Gates says here. I, I love the contrast he strikes with these women, a man who clearly knows what he's talking about. He's well-educated about both political issues and the history of American government. Contrast that with a bunch of cackling old hens who are clearly very poorly educated about all of these things and speak purely from emotion. The funniest thing to me is how they respond to the Roger Stone answer. They don't even have a response. Gates's response is so brilliant, they can't even respond. And that is an incredibly unusual for these women. Instead of responding to him, they just interrupt. Uh, yeah, you know what? That answer's too good. We have no response, so everybody quick, cut him off, don't let him speak. <laughs> now, I've watched this show a lot, and this is basically their go-to reaction to brilliant conservative ideas. For the record, Roger Stone should be pardoned. Donald Trump seems to have pretty good instincts in terms of timing, so I think he's probably making the right decision holding off on pardoning him right now. But honestly, I probably would have pardoned him already, but for legal reasons, it it may actually be best to pardon him after the entire process is over. But listen, to anyone who has actually looked into the Roger Stone case at all, you know, whether you're right-wing or left-wing, the Roger Stone prosecution is a persecution, plain and simple. It's a corrupt political execution of the type that the left constantly accuses the president of. And what is it that I'm always saying about Democrats? You know exactly which crimes they're committing by listening to what they're accusing conservatives of. And this is just another perfect example of that. All right, more of the awesome Matt Gates in just a moment. First, I 
have to sell you something. You know the biggest fear that people have in situations like the one now with the stock market? It's not actually losing money. You'd be surprised. No, the biggest fear is losing their status with their family and their friends. Those people who've always looked up to you. The idea of working at the checkout at your local supermarket when all your old friends are playing golf or on vacation like you used to be, that is soul-destroying. Gold has risen. You ignored it, and you lost out. This has been on the cards for a while now, and this bull market in gold actually started in 2015. But if you didn't take action before, it's not too late. Putting some precious metals into an IRA or 401k rollover gives you a safety net against anything bad that's coming. Or you might just have some cash sitting in the bank making less than one half of 1%, and you've been meaning to move it into something different. Get gold or silver into your hands. Noble Gold has helped thousands of clients just like you. Call them now at 877-646-5347. That's 877-646-5347, or hit the link below and see how they can help you. Congressman, I understand that um, Republicans are coming on the view, this is a great culture war place to come and like show the leftists what's going on. I get it. My husband works in conservative media. I'm a hardcore conservative. <laughs> hardcore conservative? That's like when Nancy Pelosi said that she was prayerful over Donald Trump. Don't you question me. I'm a Catholic. Yeah, she's a real good Catholic. Here's an idea. Maybe place a curse on him like the movie Liar Liar, where he's forced to tell the truth for just one week. Come on, Lord, even you know that'd be funny. <laughs> Nancy, I gotta say these prayers are a little passive-aggressive. No, no, no. Some of them are aggressive-aggressive. <laughs> Lord, please watch over the Trump Organization, which is being run by Eric. Yikes. Finally, please bless Lindsey Graham with a baby that's black and gay. <laughs> In case you're unaware, SNL writers, performers, and producers, they're all far left, and even they thought Nancy's claim was laughable. What is the deal, by the way, with non-practicing Catholics and Jews? Every single one of them, it seems, is a strong Democrat. If you're an atheist who grew up Catholic or Jewish, it's like there's a rule that you have to be a Democrat. The atheists that I meet that tend to be Trump supporters don't seem to be non-practicing Jews or Catholics. They tend to be atheists who grew up atheists. That's my experience anyway. Let me know in the comments if you agree or disagree, because I don't actually have any statistics on this. It's just something that I've noticed. But this idea that Meghan McCain is this hardcore conservative, <laughs> I mean, she can't legitimately be classified, I think, even as a mild conservative. I would say that Meghan McCain is a moderate leftist. I think the only reason she still even calls herself a conservative at all is that this helps her keep her job on the view as, you know, the conservative voice. All right, well, enough about crazy Meghan McCain. Back to Gates. Congressman, I understand that um, Republicans coming on the view, this is a great culture war place to come and, like, show the leftists what's going on. I get it. My husband works in conservative media. I'm a hardcore conservative. The thing I don't understand, because I'm, I'm not a Trumper, I think that everyone knows that very clear, Policy-wise, he's been great on many things, many things that are very important to me, life, military, the economy, but his character issues are still what holds me and so many, especially, I think, conservative women back from going full throttle with him. And I think you're going to have a problem specifically with college-educated women coming in to the next election cycle. What would you say to women like me who still hold back on the grab them in the blank, attacking war heroes, attacking the gold star families, things like that that Cheating just on his wife hold us back? Stars. An un... <laughs> 
an un... Well, look, if, if cheating on your wife is a disqualification to be president, then y'all probably should have impeached, impeached Bill Clinton and they supported did. that. Well, and, but, they did. but, but not, not, with, not with all of you waving any pom-poms. I'm so sorry, I, I don't I know what that, that means. To, to Megan's question, I want to directly answer Megan's question. Yeah, please. Okay. Donald Trump has a unique ability to get people who don't necessarily agree with him to vote for him. And so I think for women, we're going to have to make the argument particularly that 72% of the new jobs created in this economy have been filled by women. That a lot of women are concerned about the revenue in their family and whether it's going to support careers and opportunity for themselves, their, their partners, their children. And with 7 million new jobs being created, people coming off of welfare, America is in a sense of great renewable. Renewal. We've got a comeback president running against the throwback left and yeah. the Venezuela oh, wing right. of the Democratic Party the taking Venezuela over with Bernie ring. Sanders. Oh, come on, the Venezuela Go ring. Go listen to Bernie Sanders. He praises <laughs> Venezuela. He praises right, Cuba. Matt. I don't want that for our great we country. Wanted- <laughs> Matt Gates's response here is excellent. But one thing I'd also like to point out is that every character criticism that the women are making here These are all from 2016. There are no new scandals. So, you know, if there are women who didn't like Trump in 2016 and couldn't bring themselves to vote for him then, well, there are two possibilities. They either still won't be able to vote for him because, you know, some women hold grudges forever. Men, too, it should be said, but most of those guys are gay, so they don't really count. But I digress. Anyway, either they still won't be able to vote for him or they've gotten over it. And, I mean... I think that's pretty likely in most cases. I actually can't think of any new personal scandals. So I suspect that most conservative women who couldn't bring themselves to vote for Trump in 2016, you know, I think a lot of them probably can bring themselves to vote for him this year. And I think that the list of criticisms that was laid forth there uh, just shows how old and stale the criticisms of Donald Trump actually are now. And you know what's even more interesting? I can't tell you how many people I've heard say, you know, I'm a hardcore Democrat, I've always voted Democrat, but this year, 2020, I'm voting for Trump. It's amazing. Just today, just today, my friend in Utah wrote me about his brother in San Francisco, a hardcore Democrat, never voted Republican in his life. But this year, he's just realized how often MSNBC and CNN have lied to him about Donald Trump. And in defiance, he's now going to vote for Donald Trump. I mean, unbelievable, a San Francisco leftist. I mean, I really, I really truly got that text today. I actually asked my friend if I could put an image of our exchange on screen, but he said he doesn't want to lose his job. <laughs> he works for leftists. It's so funny how fascist the left is. It's amazing. They, you, know, you guys are fascists. You guys are fascists. Oh, if you're conservative, we're firing you. <laughs> you know? I mean, come on, guys. I mean, honestly, the left is all authoritarian lunatics. And also, you know, the number of Hollywood people that have reached out to me privately and said, you know, I can't tell anybody in Hollywood this, but I'm voting for Trump. Like the ladies of The View, you know, they're not in the loop. They're the people in Hollywood that the Trump supporters are all keeping quiet in front of. I mean, honestly, there's still a ton of Hollywood people who are still infected with Trump derangement syndrome, you know, of course. And so everybody out there has to keep quiet still. But the number of secret Trump supporters here is growing like crazy. All right, now on to the episode with AOC. So yesterday, you know who went on a pardon and commuting spree, granting clemency to 11 people. Do you think he's just trying to normalize criminal, white-collar criminal behavior? Absolutely. So that as he goes forward, everybody becomes (laughs) inured to all the criminal behavior coming out of him. (laughs) Joy Behar says Trump is trying to normalize white-collar crime so that what he's doing doesn't look so bad. (laughs) First of all, What white-collar crimes has Trump committed? 
nothing. Secondly, one of the guys who was on Trump's campaign, Paul Manafort, he was convicted of white-collar crime, and he's now in prison. Why didn't Trump pardon Manafort? Well, I think because Trump thinks that it was a legit conviction. He's Trump seems to be pardoning people who he genuinely believes should be pardoned. Honestly, <laughs> Joy Behar says the stupidest things of anybody on TV, and that's saying a lot because she's up against both Rachel Maddow and Don Lemon. And how do you beat them in a stupidity contest? I don't know, but she's done it. And the really stupid thing is how they focus exclusively on white-collar criminals, as if these guys are the worst of the worst. I mean, white-collar crime can be pretty horrific. I dated a girl whose father was financially ruined because of the Bernie Madoff scheme, uh, and that was a seriously terrible crime. But these people aren't going around raping and murdering people. I think as crime goes, white-collar crime is often less horrific than many other crimes. Nonviolent criminals, I think, are the ones that we would expect to be pardoned. And another thing, they're characterizing these Trump pardons without any consideration for one of Trump's most famous pardons, Alice Marie Johnson. It was a miracle ending to a 21-year saga behind bars. This is 63-year-old Alice Johnson, and she woke up a free woman today. The great-grandmother left an Alabama prison yesterday after serving more than 20 years for her role in a cocaine distribution ring. The White House issuing a statement saying, quote, Ms. Johnson has accepted responsibility for her past behavior and has been a model prisoner over the past two decades. Despite receiving a life sentence, Alice worked hard to re rehabilitate herself in prison and act as a mentor to her fellow inmates. I want to thank President Donald John Trump. I'm free to hug my family. Yes. I'm free to live life. I'm free to start over. I cannot this is the greatest day of my life. I cannot, my heart is just bursting with gratitude for what has taken place, what has happened to me today. Well, Alice Marie Johnson wasn't mentioned until Whoopi brought her up in order to criticize Trump again. I think there's a lot of that in, in, uh, in, in our future in terms of, he said, well, I pardon this one because, you know, he, he pardoned, uh, what's the young, the woman's name? Which who Kim had something to Alice do with. Alice Marie Johnson. Alice Marie Johnson. Oh, yes. You know, so. But that was a good. That I, was a good That was one. a good but, use of it. But, yeah. there's a, but there always seems to be one good and 957,000 yeah. bad. Yeah, that's right. No, there are not 950,000 bad pardons. You know who had 950,000 bad pardons? Obama. The real number is actually 1,937, and technically what he granted is classified as clemency. But Obama granted clemency more than any other president since Harry S. Truman. He was a clemency maniac, and I don't remember hearing a peep out of Joy Behar then. In fact, I'm sure she probably praised him for it. I'm sure there were plenty of white-collar criminals in that bunch, probably mostly white men, but not a peep from the coven. Obama, 1,937 acts of clemency. Compare that to Trump's 35. I'm actually surprised that they're not criticizing Trump for granting clemency too little. And remember, one of Trump's pardons was the posthumous pardoning of boxing heavyweight Jack Johnson, a black man who was convicted in 1923 of taking his white girlfriend across state lines. You don't mention that, do you, ladies? But then again, that is what a white supremacist president would do, isn't it? Okay, so then, after berating Trump on this point of bad pardons, 
Whoopi goes on and she says this about Michael Milken, whom she knows personally. You said that at the beginning of this segment that you could you could speak to one of the pardons. Yeah. What What do you mean? I mean that Mike Milken's have been a friend of mine for 25, 30 years. Oh, okay. And I was he surprised. Was he was he he was tried, but I was surprised mm-hmm. by this. He so was Michael a, was a was a guy that worked in finance. Finance here. He was yeah. accused of insider trading, but in such a way, a way that they really sort of said, "We want all your personal money and stuff, or we're going to put you in jail." And he said, "Put me in jail." And he did the time, and then they took pictures of him, and they took his hairpiece away, and then they photographed him, uh, trying to really just kind of break him down. He, spur- he served his time, started programs in jail for uh, convicts who were coming out and teaching people to read, because he's an educator. And so that's what he did. Is it weird to have your was. friend pardoned by and, Trump? Well, I, I don't know that he's a friend of Michael's. What does he want is what's in my oh, mind. So that's what I... Interesting. And he's also been the forefront of the cure for, what is it, the men's cancer. Prostate, prostate, prostate cancer. cancer. It's, that's all his money. He's been at the forefront of that. that. So that's he's an interesting cat, and so I understand that. I remember that. But I, I'm, that I'm not sure about why they're doing that. So Trump's a bad guy who pardons bad people, except when he pardons decent people who have been doing amazing things, whom you know personally and like. These women truly do have Trump derangement syndrome. This is another example of believing something that totally contradicts your personal experience. I often talk about this phenomenon with regard to white racism in America. A vast majority of Democrats, almost all of them that I've met, who are utterly convinced that there's this epidemic of white racists in America, you know, and that the the entire government in the capitalist system is systematically racist against black people. Almost all these people, they'll admit that they've never actually personally met a racist, like a self-avowed like legit, like KKK racist. And I always ask them, then how can you believe CNN when they tell you that like all white people are are racist? And the response is that they just don't hang out with those people or they don't live in those regions of the country. And you know, it's funny. So I've never actually met a self-avowed white racist. And yet I've met many black people who have admitted to me that they are racist. I challenge any Democrats listening to ask your black friends if they know any black people who are racist against white people. And I guarantee they will all say yes. It is known in, in the black community that most, not all, not all, but most black people are racist toward white Americans. You say it's known. What do you mean? Right. What is your, does, what is your they, basis for that? They have been brainwashed over the last 50 years or so to believe that America is a racist society and that, that white folks are trying to hold them back. All white people are racist. The uncomfortable truth is that the white race is the most violent and oppressive force of nature on earth. Do you know any white people? I know quite a few of them. I don't like them. I don't trust them at all. Who is your best white friend? None. None. Racism is not learned. It's inherited. And either consciously or unconsciously passed down through privilege. People are racist. Definitely. I'm racist sometimes. What's your favorite white thing? Nada. You don't like white keys? I don't like, no, no. Everything in my house is black. Everything. In the 23 years that I've been alive recently, the last couple of years, I've noticed a lot that black people are more racist than white people. Yes, all white people. All white people are racist. Do you think Hillary Clinton is cute? 
No, no, no devil is cute. The biggest terror threat in this country is white men. They cannot be your friends. They cannot be your allies. They cannot hang out with you. They cannot date you. He threw a soda at her and said, quote, I was really rebelling. I considered myself a racist at the time. Basically, I was against all white people. I'm also racist. I'm not a bigot or anything like that. I just judge people because of the race. Would you like them in a house? No. Would you like them with a mouse? No. Would you like them here or there? Neither. Do you like white people anywhere? No. 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 Because racism against white people isn't considered a bad thing within black culture in America. But racism is considered utterly evil within white culture. And yet there's still this delusion about the evil white racists in America. And in exactly the same way, despite personal experience to the contrary, Whoopi Goldberg is convinced that Trump is pardoning people because he's an evil guy. She says on the show that she's trying to figure out why Trump would pardon Michael Milken. Like, what's Trump trying to gain by this? But I, I'm, I'm not sure about why they're doing that. What does he want is what's in my uh. mind. So She can't figure it out because she can't accept that maybe Trump was just doing this because he thought it was the right thing. That's not possible in her mind. I mean, you can see the cognitive dissonance as she's talking about this. All right, and now AOC is coming up next. So let's look at how they tease AOC's appearance and how they teased Matt Gates's appearance. Why does Republican Congressman Matt Gates want Nancy Pelosi to face charges? Does he think Trump insider Roger Stone deserves a presidential pardon? He's live in Hot Topics next. Up next, Democratic superstar Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is live on The View. Why she's backing Bernie Sanders for president and how she handles conservative rage against her. He's a wild-eyed left-winger who's pushing socialism on the country. I just thought that was funny. Even their, the tease that they use to introduce them, totally biased. Conservative rage. <laughs> that part actually <laughs> kind of cracked me up. Trust me, none of us are enraged by you, but we do find you laughably incompetent. And this is how they brought Matt Gates onto the show. Florida Congressman Matt Gates has been one of the guys in the White House and one of the White House's strongest and most vocal supporters since day one. Please welcome a man who has obviously never watched The View, Congressman <laughs> Matt Gates. Hello, how do you do? Thank you for having me. Okay. Thank you. I do watch you guys make news every week. Every so day. It's, we it's are the big political show. Not bad. A little joke. Kind of fun. Uh, it's funny to me that they think if you're a conservative, you can't possibly watch our show because then you, you couldn't be a conservative. You know, you'd know the truth. <laughs> Leftists amuse me to no end. But in contrast to Matt Gates's introduction, AOC gets this. Our next guest is one of the most talked about and controversial politicians in America, which is really saying something since she took office less than two years ago. Please welcome back New York Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Happy fun music. <laughs> it's like a little celebration. I don't know. Maybe I, I should have included that bit, but the music just made me laugh. All right. Now let's hear what this brilliant political superstar has to say. You trigger people. Mm. Why do you think you do that? And how does it manifest? Yeah, I think there's a couple of reasons. One, um, 
before people even knew who I was, like five minutes after I won my primary, it was the apocalypse on Fox News. Yeah. I think that this is one of the major reasons that people love to hate Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She's such a delusional narcissist. Now, I've spoken before about my theory about the princess syndrome, right? That little girls who are treated like little princesses and never told the word no growing up, they tend to grow up to have a delusionally high sense of self-worth. They don't actually realize that a lot of stuff that they say is not actually brilliant. And so these kinds of women will speak very confidently about things they literally have no idea about. And almost everything that AOC talks about, she seems to be pretty uneducated about, which is why she makes so many mistakes with her numbers or other little facts. In fact, recently, I've noticed that in interviews, she seems to have stopped stating statistics and facts like this because... I think because, historically, she's gotten so much of this stuff wrong. But this idea of hers that Fox believed that her election was the apocalypse, I mean, it's just so delusional. No one on Fox or anywhere else takes her seriously. I actually celebrated her win in 2018 because even though we lost the House, which was tragic, AOC's election indicated to me that the left was electing incompetent radicals. And that's a good thing, especially if they're as high profile as AOC. Mr. Reagan. Today was a good day. So today, two amazing things happened. We found out that the left has a new champion. I'm gonna grab her. She's right here. Working class Americans want a clear champion. Her name is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I love this woman. She's well-spoken. She's got energy. She's exciting. She's all the things that we want in a great leader of the left. Why? Because she's also bad crazy. From Medicare for all, tuition-free public college, abolishing ICE. Now, you would think that we wouldn't want the left to have crazy people. We'd want them to have moderates. But the further crazy the left goes in terms of its leadership, the more like sensible leftists, people who really want to actually make the world a better place are going to start recognizing that the left is a little nutty and they're going to start getting red-pilled, right? She alone could red-pill millions. Somebody like AOC illustrates why the left is insane. And she actually drives rational Democrat voters to the right. And that is why we love talking about you, AOC. You are the gift that just keeps on giving. Every time you open your mouth, you give us another illustration of why the left is insane. And you help us. We don't think you're the apocalypse, AOC. We love you. You are a right-wing political evangelist. And you don't even realize it. And the irony of that reality makes it all the richer. You know, I was, I was very happy when you were elected because I thought it was a great step. In a, in a good direction. And then you lost me mm. because it felt like you were saying to people like me mm. that I was too old and didn't do enough oh, no. to make. Well, that's what it sounded like. Mm. And so that has bothered me because I feel like I love young people. I was once one. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> But you're on my shoulders. Absolutely. And Absolutely. we have carried this fight. And to sort of hear it sound like you were dismissing mm. us mm. bothered the hell out of me. Of course. And she's been very upset about it. And I've been very upset yeah. about it for a, a long time. So mm -hmm. do you think maybe... They misunderstood what you were saying? Did I misunderstand what you were saying? Because well, I read the blurb and the 
on the website. So mm-hmm. maybe you can no, clarify. No, of course. It for and me. I- wow. Okay. <laughs> now, now I think this question has exposed something extremely important about the ladies of the View. They're not really being candid about the real views on the show. I think Behar is mostly honest, but she's the craziest one, and that's obvious, so that's fine. Her lunacy is always exposed. Okay. But Whoopi, she says here that this has bothered her for a long time, and yet I've never heard her complain about this on the show. Looks to me like she wants to support Democrats in her war against Trump, even if she doesn't agree with them. And although this isn't the worst crime in the world, you know, I think we all do this a little bit, I do like that this is being exposed here a little bit. She she doesn't like AOC, and she tells us why. She thinks AOC doesn't properly show respect for the older generation. And I love that criticism. I love that insight into the perspective of a leftist critic of AOC. I think there's a lot of incentive to blow up um, disagreements in the party as like huge fights um, because I think it's important for us all to recognize and we do this in our rallies to recognize the people who have been in this fight to allow us to have this window mm-hmm. as we do right now you know Nancy Pelosi that's mama bear of the Democratic Party you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, but also also women like Barbara Lee, Jan Schakowsky, Maxine Waters. Um, Part of, I think, youth and culture, it's always been seen and cast as rebellious, but ultimately uh, we are not a moment that is disconnected Mm -hmm. from our past. Mm -hmm. We are part of a long movement of ancestors and elders that we should always acknowledge. Okay, so AOC doesn't really answer this question. She gives some BS fluff about certain Democrats she claims to respect, but she includes Nancy Pelosi, which, you know, we all know that she's been at odds with her since she got elected. And and we also know that Nancy Pelosi hates AOC. So AOC comes across here as extremely disingenuous. And that's fine. You know what? Um, this is often true with politicians. They say things that are just like whatever political. But the problem I have with Whoopi's follow-up is that there is none. In fact... None of the ladies challenge AOC on this at all. And that's not because AOC's answer is a good one. It's because they're playing nice. I feel like you're the boogie woman of the right and I'm the boogie woman of the left. Okay, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I I cannot stand Meghan McCain. She's got a very similar self-obsessed narcissism as AOC. But I don't think she suffers from the princess syndrome in the same way. Although, you know, maybe she does. I don't know. But probably with her, she's probably dealing with a lot of like a history of like low self-esteem, and she believes that in order to counter this, she needs to put forward an attitude of total self-confidence. And I think she's somehow tricked herself into thinking that she's more relevant than she actually is. I mean, who who actually thinks that Meghan McCain is the boogie woman of the left? Nobody thinks that. Nobody on the left considers Meghan McCain the great conservative threat that everybody hates. That honor definitely goes to either Laura Ingram or Ann Coulter. Those who really despise you, Meghan, are other conservatives because you pretend to be one of us, but you are definitely not. And we consider that to be traitorous. But look, we don't fear you. Nobody fears you. And I think most conservatives only really think about you when Mr. Reagan creates an episode of I Love the View. And actually, that makes me way more relevant than you. And I'm just a lowly YouTuber.
It's not just that Bernie is asking a lot of voters to buy into what I consider radical ideas like free public college, the Green New Deal, Medicare for all. He's advocating for a complete paradigm shift of the American system as we know it. Mm -hmm. And actually, a Gallup poll showed that a majority of Americans would not vote for a socialist, around 45%. What do you say to that? When you pull these abstract ideas, it's one thing, but the majority of Americans would vote for Bernie Sanders. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Most Americans would vote for Bernie? <laughs> Well, that prediction didn't age well. AOC's delusion is real. I want to talk about the Bernie bros. Um, the one thing that connects women on the left and women on the right is the abuse that we have all been subjected to by Bernie bros. It is by far the most violent, the most misogynistic, the most sexist, the most harmful. My mother has cried over doctored photos Bernie brothers have sent me, and I'm just one story. He has a real problem, and I don't think that he's doing enough to tamper it down. If it were... Anyone, I'd say this has no representative of me. It's disgusting. It's vitriolic. And every time I see him talk about it, he's like, doesn't represent me. Move on. You're an extremely powerful woman. How do you feel that he's attached to this deeply misogynistic, and I would go so far as to say violent, sector of people? Yeah. Good question. I'd say I'm impressed by this, but it's kind of a typical feminist question, so I wouldn't put it into the conservative, challenging the crazy leftist category, but rather the SJW feminist attacking another leftist type thing. But still, solid question. Yeah, you know, and I think um, internet culture can often be very toxic. It nearly always concentrates on women, people of color, queer people. We also know the amount of anonymous activity that happens on the internet, and that simply is difficult. It is difficult to control. When you have like a, you know, a a, a Twitter handle with a bunch of numbers on it with two followers that are lobbying vitriol at you. We don't know where that comes from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's it's not really Bernie bros. It's Trump supporters who are pretending to be Bernie bros. <laughs> sure, AOC. Great answer. Way to totally deflect the blame there. Now, to the credit of the ladies of The View, they do actually challenge her on this twice. But I know that it doesn't I think he's done enough pain. to try and stop it. You know, I think he works very hard. I think we send out, so we send out um, messaging emails. And you know what? It's, I've been subject to a lot of this stuff from all sorts of the, all sorts of pockets of, from the internet. ICE and CBP officers um, targeted me on Facebook for attacks when I went yeah. to visit the border. Um, they photoshopped, you know, people who are supposed to be protecting immigrants and children uh, photoshopped. He's got to do more. Horrendous. He's got he's to he's he's stand up and say it every day if he needs to. Yeah. Stop this. We're not accepting it. It's sure. not good for us. Yeah. We're coming back with more with Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez when we come back. But their challenging of her was really, really, really nice. <laughs> and that is definitely not how they tend to treat Republicans who come on the show. Listen, I don't have Trump derangement. Let me tell you what I have. Okay. I have a lot of... I'm tired of people starting a conversation with Mexicans or liars and rapists. When the president of the United States whips up people to beat the hell out of people. Say goodbye. Slightly different tone, I'd say. Now let's look at the next tough question for AOC, which I will admit is a tough question, and they do once again challenge AOC's non-answer, but again with kid gloves. 
Let's have a look. Congresswoman, Mike Bloomberg has spent over $300 million. You have promised that you're going to vote blue, blue, blue no matter who, I think is what you said. Um, I just can't see you campaigning with the, like, human embodiment of Scrooge McDuck. He's a former Republican, art capitalist, billionaire. Do you think it will look strange if you and Bernie Sanders then support him as the nominee for president? Well, you know, the problem with, the, with a matchup like that is that you're asking people to make choices, in my opinion, of harm reduction. And that's not inspiring. That doesn't expand the electorate, which is what we need in November. We need young people to turn out. We need women to turn out. We need people of color to turn out. We need people with two jobs to turn out. And I don't know if every candidate can do that. I know that Bernie Sanders can. Okay, so once again, AOC neglects to actually answer the question that is asked. The question was, how do you support Bloomberg if he stands against everything that you believe in? And her answer is... Well, the Bloomberg-Trump general election, that's a terrible choice to have to make. But to her credit, Behar jumps in with a challenge. But keep in mind, Behar is a diehard Biden supporter. So she actually does want to tank Bernie. I know that Bernie Sanders can. But bottom line, uh, Alexandria, if I may call you that. Yeah, of course. um, Whoever it is, Bernie will back them, he says. Mm -hmm. And will you? I think we have to. We have to, you know, because um, the opposite, the person Bloomberg. that you're running against is right. 10 zillion however, times worse. However, yes. 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 Wait, yes. Wait, wait, wait. Don't say anything else because there's more to come <laughs> with Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez when we come back. I would love to criticize AOC's answer here, but she doesn't get a chance because they cut to commercial. But it's pretty funny to me that Bernie and AOC would be backing a billionaire, Michael Bloomberg, if he got the nomination. <laughs> I mean, that to me is very amusing. But he will, he will not really release legitimate heart, um, what do you call it, um, medical reports. Mm-hmm. And now Bernie, who had a heart attack last year, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to release his medical reports either. I mean, what's up with that? Come well, on. I think Bernie's released the same amount of medical records as every other presidential candidate. Yeah, but they I didn't think, all have a heart attack last year. I think a, a lot of folks <laughs> may want more, but he's released the same medical records that we ask of every other presidential candidate. I think if, if folks want more from him i think they should ask more of every single presidential candidate i think that's fair um but well, maybe um, they should but bernie is 78 or 79 now mm-hmm. and bloomberg 78 yes Warren, they're all old so. everyone's old who's running yeah and and, and, <laughs> and they, are. Biden. they are i mean it's the way it is right now but um he's the one who had the heart attack i have to say it and he's the oldest one we don't know bloomberg needs to release him also yeah. when he becomes the if he becomes the front mm-hmm. runner trust and believe he'll be asked to do it so Bernie's the front runner. He needs to do well, it. I think if this is an elevated standard, then the media should press everybody for that elevated standard. Uh, no what I can speak to is that I've been um, I've been campaigning with Senator Sanders for the last six months, and he tires me out. He runs a grueling schedule, yes. four rallies a day. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays basketball with but his grandkids you know in his spare time. Get- this is a pretty good Q and A with Behar and AOC. You know, it's great to see when some Democrats hate other Democrats because then we get to see some like decent interview stuff. Here's my two cents on this. There's no real reason to question Trump's health. We're not aware of any health scares. I've never heard of him getting sick at all while in office, not even a cold. Uh, Bernie had a freaking heart attack and that's a legitimate concern. My brother has an excellent slogan that he thought up for the Trump campaign and if they're listening, they should consider adopting this. 80 is too old. As in, 80 is too old to be president. If elected, 
Biden would take office at 78. After eight years, he'd be 86. That's insanity. He can't even make coherent sentences now. Bernie is even older. If elected, he'd take office at 79, and after eight years, he'd be 87. I mean, either they die, have a stroke, or be completely mentally incompetent by the time they left office. And with Bernie, I mean, his political philosophy is insane anyway. But, you know, Bernie's situation is no longer relevant. The man's done in the presidential race now. But but all of this still applies to Biden. Trump's going to leave office at 78, which is still crazy old. But if you see how Trump handles himself as president... He's phenomenal. He's got great energy. Everything he says is coherent and rational. I suspect he'll hold up just fine for the next four years. And he'll get out before 80. Because after all, 80 is too old. Uh, Well, you're up for re-election in November. I can't believe it's up already. Um, There are, I hear, at least five Democrats and eight Republicans (laughs) running against you. 13 people. Goodness. Why do you think so many people are interested in taking you on? Um, I think some especially some of our Republican colleagues are running for uh, attention. Yeah, that's it, Alexandria. It couldn't be that they disagree with your politics and recognize that the voters of your district aren't interested in socialism. Yeah, I don't agree with socialism. I was born in a socialist country, and I came to this country to get away from socialism. It doesn't work. I like capitalism. If you give everybody anything, they could just stay home, and then what's the point? If you love it so much, go go to all these other countries that have socialism. See how to it. Look at what happened to Venezuela. (laughs) No, it couldn't be for genuine reasons. It has to be that they want attention. Give me a break. You know, I think it's possible that pretty much everything that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez does in her life is for the attention. And maybe this is why she thinks that of some others. Again, if you want to know what the left is guilty of, listen to what they're accusing conservatives of doing. And remember, it's not that our liberal friends are ignorant. It's just that they know so much. That isn't so. Good night. Governments would deliberately subvert them by denouncing God, smothering faith, destroying freedom, and confiscating wealth have impoverished their people. Communism works only in heaven where they don't need it and in hell where they've already got it. 